0: Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. We're going to get do in do the Word. Uh, why do we do the Apostles' Creed before every message? Why do we do that now? I'm Pentecostal. Amen. I'm spirit-filled, I believe, in the gifts of the Spirit. But somehow spiritual uh, gifting can lead to spiritual pride that makes us think that we can detach from the historical church. And what I have seen uh, in the last, you know, I haven't been saved that long, uh, 20-some years. Um, it's relatively short for many of the people uh, that I really love and respect. And um, what, what, what I have found is the things that... Uh, that uh, I thought I knew early in my walk, I now see the wisdom of people who disagreed with me. Let me, let me give you a quick example. Um, when I was coming up in the Lord, people started using the, the apostle term. Like they have been using the, the prophet term. People started using the apostle term a lot, and uh, people were very against it. And I was like, it's in the Bible, let's use it. And they're like, no, uh, people think that they're equal to the, 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 the apostles of the Lamb. And I'm like, no, they won't. And now I'm like, yes, they will, right? Because I have seen, I've seen apostles. As soon as they start using that term, they start thinking that they can rewrite the book and uh, have some, uh, as Paul said, some 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 secret insight into the word uh, that that was actually we were warned about two thousand years ago uh, when they wrote the book. And um, I believe in apostles. I believe in prophets. I believe in the fivefold gifts. I believe any man who man or woman who needs that title is a little sus. Can, can I be honest? And so we need to be weary. Um, and so we say the Apostles' Creed to anchor our faith in a very old faith, the faith once passed down to the saints. That's, that's the faith I want. I don't, I don't want a 20-year-old faith. I don't, want a, I don't want a 10-year-old faith. I want a 2,000-year-old faith. I want a faith that goes back to Abraham. I want a faith that goes back to the garden. I want a faith that goes back to the heart of Jesus before, while the earth was still without form and void. That's the faith I want. And that faith is a miraculous faith. It's a supernatural faith, but it's not a weird faith, and it actually produces fruit long-term. And so in our day and time today, uh, there are many people who are coming upon new revelations. And I've said this my entire ministry. Uh, new revelations are generally old heresies. And, um, and what I'm seeing today in social media and even leaders that I have had conflict with recently have come to me with new revelations. And I show them how these heresies have been dealt with for hundreds of years. Yet they don't hold on to the faith once passed down. And they fall into the same error uh, that we saw years ago. And so I personally, uh, I would rather give up a couple bells and whistles and uh, finish well. My, it's not how you start this thing, it's how you finish. And I've seen a lot of people grow real fast and kind of and burn out, right? And uh, I, I don't want to grow fast burnout. I want to grow slow and stay here. This is what Carl is looking for. So as much as I'd like to be the coolest guy on the block or the shiniest church in, 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 in Florida, I just want to be a church that, that, that's around, right? I want to be a people who has faith in Jesus Christ. And, and uh, we don't recognize sometimes the seed that God gives us in the beginning. We don't honor it enough to watch it grow. Duke talked about this a couple months ago about honoring uh, uh, what, what's in front of us, and sometimes we, we consider it a little too casually. Um, but when I, I tell this story a lot, but when I first entered the church, uh, I had had in, you know, a couple encounters with God, supernatural encounters with God. I considered myself a Christian my whole life, even though I wasn't a Christ follower. But that Sunday, when I first walked into the church after God had already sovereignly baptized me in the Spirit, I walked into a Spirit-filled church, and it felt like I was looking clearly for the very first time in my life. I don't know how to explain it, but in that moment, I recognized that I have been living my life in a fog, and now I'm seeing clearly. Now, that, 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 that moment changed my entire life. It's a work of the Spirit. It's a work of deliverance. It's a work of revelation. It's that true spirit of prophecy that strips away the lie and reveals the truth and in that moment i received a blessing i received a connection to god i received the clarity but i didn't realize at that moment i had also received a seed i had received a seed that i was to protect and nurture and nourish and watch become fruitful in my life i just thought it was something that happened and now it was gone and now i'm on to the next thing And us spirit filled believers can regularly be trying to move on to the next thing. You see this in a lot of churches. They always got something new happening because the old thing isn't sustaining, right? So they always got to have a new program happening to keep people excited and the idea that something good is happening. But really, it's just the old stuff isn't really working. So we always got to come up with something new. Uh, What I want is what's old that has lasted. And so I, I didn't realize this was a seed that I needed to nourish in my life, that the Lord, this was the call of God in my life, to, to see truth and to help people get free of lies. This was the call of God in my life. And if you look back over your life, some of your first encounters with God are probably a revelation of your call. <clears throat> I would ask you, when you think of Jesus, you think of the, when you think of Jesus, what you admire most about Jesus is probably a reflection of the call of God in your life. That's why you value that about Jesus so much. That's the call of God in your life. And so I want to dive in a little bit here. I want to talk. I have a message today um, titled uh, The Road to Glory. The Road to Glory. I believe there's a divine order to what God does in our lives. And if we steward it well and and we shepherd it, then we will see the glory of God in our lives. And that's what we're looking for. Are are, are you with me? All right. If you get nothing else from today's message... I hope you're taking notes. If you're taking notes, if you get nothing else from this message, uh, I want you to get this. If you put your faith in Christ, he will free you from the oppression of this world. If you put your faith in Christ, he will free you from the oppression of this world. The question we have to ask ourselves uh, often uh, when we come to Christ and we get in the word and we get a revelation of who Jesus is and we experience some sort of deliverance and when, if you're in the church for any amount of time, you start to get around some people whose lives are stable and you start living a stable life and you start dreaming in ways you didn't dream before. Uh, before your life was about maybe partying or, or just getting by and you start meeting some successful people and you start dreaming of a life that is Successful, your your dreams begin to shift a little bit, and you start to think, "Wow, I could do even more than I thought I could do." And all of a sudden, the avenue to having your dreams fulfilled are no longer Christ. It's you get start convinced that you can actually achieve a life that you admire, and so your the focus uh, 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 of the nexus of your belief system is no longer Jesus Christ. By His Spirit, will actually redeem my life and use it for His glory. Without even knowing it, your life becomes, "Hey, I'm actually." a pretty good guy and I could actually accomplish something. And then you'd start dreaming dreams that don't even require Jesus. They don't require God at all. They don't even require you following God because now you've learned a system of being successful and you may give glory, quote unquote, to God for it, but you're not actually living by God's precepts. And so it's not actually God that you're glorifying or following. It's the system of the world. Right? And so Jesus, if you remember in chapter 9, he's, he, he's discipling his, his um, followers. He's trying to teach them how to run this thing called the church after he leaves. Jesus is very intentional in training up his disciples to lead this thing. He's training his disciples, how are you going to deal with power? How are you going to deal with opposition? How are you going to deal when people do not like you? What, what, what are you going to do about this? What are you going to do when you have the anointing to accomplish things on your own? Are you going to go on your own? Or are you still going to lean on me? And I feel like in the scriptures, Jesus also is asking us the same question. And it's the question I would ask you. And I'm asking myself today, is Christ enough for me? Now, we are a church. And by that, I mean, we are a Christian church. Right, So we are a church that believes in the Trinity. We believe in uh, the, the, the Godhead, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, Christ being our Messiah who came to live a sinless life, died on the cross, was resurrected, and is at the right hand of the Father making intercession, uh, in that Christ is the center of everything. He's the center of history. He's the center of our world. He's the center of life. All life comes from him. He is the center. We're a Christian church. And I would ask you uh, to ask yourself, is he enough? Or do you need Christ and a little more money? Do you need Christ and a little bit more security about your future? Do you need Christ and people to like you? Do you need Christ and your business to go a little bit better? Is Christ enough for you? Is, and this is what Jesus in the short time he was in ministry, is trying to disciple his followers about. Is following God enough for you? Now, remember in Luke chapter 8, there was this parable of the sower. And the sower planted seed on different kinds of ground, right? And on the, and on the rocky ground, it kind of grew up fast. And but in, in another ground, the seed got stolen. In another ground, it was fertile and it grew up and, 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 bear, and bore much fruit. And now the seed is the same everywhere, which is the word of God. The only difference is the ground. And what he's talking about is our hearts. The word of God comes into our hearts, and for some it leads to life change. For others, as soon as they start making a little money, they don't need Jesus anymore. They sprung up quickly and burned out. Other people get the word, they don't even believe it. It says the birds of the air, which is the devil, comes and steals the seed. How does the devil steal the seed which is the word that was planted in your heart. I want to get at that in a moment. I want you to think about that, though. So Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 1. got to go quick, because Becca, you know. It wasn't my wife and I ministering healing. wasn't that. It wasn't the prophetic words. It wasn't any of that. It was Becca. <laughs> Luke chapter 9, verse 1. If you remember... Uh, Jesus says, and he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over the demons and to heal diseases. Now, now, Jesus called the disciples together, gave them authority over the works of the devil. We know that Jesus Christ came to destroy the works of the devil, right? We know this in the scriptures. I like the way Mark says this about the call of the disciples. In Mark three fourteen, he says, he appointed the 12 so that they would be with him. And that he could send them out to preach to have authority and to cast out demons. So according to Mark, the primary call that Luke kind of downplayed, the primary call was not, not the healing, wasn't the preaching. The primary call is that you would be with him. This is good. The primary call on your life is to be with Jesus. This is the key to the breakthrough you are looking for in your life the key is come on the call to be with jesus you have to be completely sold out to christ you you you, 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 you he has to be the center you you have to be um, sold out to christ and his calling on your life as we watch the preaching of christ to his disciples as he helps mold their lives as we see the teachings of paul and Peter, and James, and, 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 and the gospel writers, we don't see kind of a, you know, you are at the center, and God can be added to you. It's a completely way of, different way of looking at the world, and I'll get this into this a little bit later in Luke, but the picture that Jesus is trying to point is, Jesus doesn't fit into a category that you have made in your life, that you have the Jesus category, and the, I'm going to do good category, and I got the, the work category. No, no. Jesus is the one putting things in categories. You fit into a category that Jesus created called disciple. Jesus is the one categorizing. We are the one being categorized. We don't put God in our box. God puts us in his box. And that box is disciple, a follower. A son, a daughter, a child of God. That is the box that we are in. And that box is not then subsecting all other kinds of things that we get to build on our own. That's the lie of the devil in our minds that chokes out the word that is brought to us. The enemy steals it and doesn't bear any fruit. Is, is, that, is that making sense? All right. So, so, so the goal here is not to have power and authority. The goal is not to preach. The goal is to be with Jesus. Because that's where your power and authority comes from. We, 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 Like when I walked into that room and I got that deliverance and I saw clearly and then I moved on, I didn't recognize my goal in life was to live in that moment of encounter, of breakthrough, of authority, of, of deliverance, of freedom, of seeing God clearly. That's the call on my life. That wasn't like an equipping for something else. That was it. That, like that's, that's the purpose. Carl, you're called to hang out with me and see me clearly. That's the call. Does that make sense? And so I'm going to ask you that a bunch because uh, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get through this. So what we do instead is we get this little drop of deliverance, and uh, we get this little touch of anointing. Maybe maybe the Lord called you and He gave you a little authority. You prayed for somebody and you saw them healed, or you started praying in tongues for the first time, and you're like like me, like oh okay now I'm there. That was my that was my graduation certificate. And instead of instead of finding out like no 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 that is the place of study. No, you just got to seminary. That that that's and so and so. Um, Jesus said. Jesus said. Uh, you know, I, I I have told you, I've showed you these things, uh, so that you may have peace in this world. You're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Now this is a this is a huge truth because. We waste our calling, we waste our anointing, we waste our salvation on the cares of the world. And Jesus, is like, I already ca- overcame that. Stop letting that be the focus of your life. I overcame that, and we're like, oh, but 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 I don't see that. And He's like, it's not, but you keep putting me in a category, and you keep forgetting I have put you in a category. Follower, stop. <laughs> Stop trying to put me in the category of whether my word is true or not. Your relationship with me starts with my word is true. Let let that get settled in your heart right now. Even though I don't see it, his word is true. I'm the one looking in the wrong spot. It's not that he's doing the wrong stuff. Right? So, 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 Jesus... We, we, this God that we're following who overcame the world, we, we have to remember that um, he, he was alive with the disciples, but they did not recognize that there was going to be a death, a burial, and a resurrection that was still to come. They had no grid for that because they were still putting Jesus in a category instead of letting Jesus categorize them. There was a wrong power dynamic. They didn't know what it was going to look like yet. Um, They were going to have to be disciples. They were going to have to follow Jesus when they didn't understand what was happening. They were going to have to say, you are the master, I am the student. You are the God, I am the creation. You are the potter, I am the clay. See, we are at a very a huge disadvantage here in the Western world as Christians because we really think that our opinion matters. We really think what we believe matters. We think that our vote matters. We think that our voice matters. None of that matters when it comes to what God has said. God, God doesn't put out an idea and say, what are you guys thinking about this? You know, let's, let, me, let me just put this thought out there. I want you guys to think about it and come back, give me some feedback, and then I'll decide what I believe. It, it doesn't work that way. Like this is what we want in our workplaces. This is what we want for our government. This is what we want for the economy. Um, we got whole uh, digital economies that are happening that are all fake because people think that it's real, it's going up, but it will come down because it's not real, right? And and don't 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 throw stones at me if you're a crypto lover, right? Like I'm just the the point I'm trying to make here, the point I'm trying to make here is the only thing that gives our monetary system value is because we believe it has value. That doesn't work with God. Like, it doesn't matter. I've had the most frustrating conversations with leaders and former leaders where they're like, well, I just think this. I'm like, well, you know you don't have a vote, right? Like, you don't have a vote in what God says. You understand, we don't have a vote on God's ethics. Like, well, I just believe this. Well, I don't know, buy yourself an award or something, because that's all that's worth. Like, the the God who created you does not matter. Like we need to line up with him. Well, I just believe this. Well, well, that that well that'd be great if you had a universe, but you don't. God does. We should probably follow what he says. Anyways, so the goal here is to be with Jesus and to understand the ways of the kingdom. They didn't get this. So Jesus appoints the twelve. This is such a funny story to me. He appoints the twelve, and they're like, they're like, man, we're healing people. We're seeing people get delivered. This is the rabbi who's the Messiah and is going to take over. And here's what they're thinking. This is going to be great. <laughs> this is just going to be so awesome. I'm healing the sick. Nobody's done that since Elisha. Like, could you imagine that if there was like a history of your nation. And it was a couple thousand years old and nobody had done this. It'd be like, it'd be like if I got, uh, uh, uh Ari and Nariah and, and Kayla. And I said, you guys are going to write the new constitution for the United States of America. And they'd be like, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> this is going to be great. Nobody's done this. Like since George Washington and like Thomas Jefferson, this like, I, I, this is going to be amazing. A couple hundred years from now, they're going to say, well, why don't you go ahead and add your Naraya to this? You know, like, this is what they're going to say. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be famous. Like, and this is what the disciples are thinking. Like, this is going to be Awesome. And they didn't quite get what this whole thing was going to be about. Because the next thing that happens, he sends them out. And uh, there's like 5,000 families. And they're like, Jesus, we need some food. He's like, yeah, we got it. And he's like, no, Jesus, we don't got it. We need to send them somewhere to get some food. He goes, nah, I think we got it. And he's like, oh. And then he feeds the 5,000 families with just like a little fish and a little bread. And they're like, we're amazing. We are are just, there's nothing we can't do like any moment now like I, we're we're going to sit on the throne of Israel this is this is amazing and, and 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 they're doing such amazing works the bible says here in Luke chapter 9 that Herod the king the roman king is even confused Herod is like wait a minute i knew this dude john the baptist was doing some stuff but i already killed him How, where are all these miracles coming from and herod's like like what what what's what it, you know it, i mean it can't be these other guys right like It can't be these other guys. And and, and like, that's the word for some of you. I know God has put a huge God dream in your heart. And the people who know you say, that that can't be Duke, right? That that can't be Sessia doing, that can't be Diane. There's no way that that's Brandon doing that can't be those guys. It would have to be, no, 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 no. Actually, as a matter of fact, scripture, yes, it can, as a matter of fact. As a matter of fact, it, it, it can be. As a matter of fact, it can be you in the latter days, even greater than the former days, even the dead dreams coming to life. It actually can be, oh, no, no, that must be the pastor. No, 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 that's actually you. No, that's actually the dream that you've been believing, that you have been watering, that you have been tending, that the devil has been coming against for years. No, no, that's actually you coming into your calling, putting God first and seeing his call come to pass in your life oh that can't be, that, 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 that can't be Becca with, who's a lead singer on that album she's just that girl who plays the keep no no actually it is, no no it actually is as a matter of fact in the name of Jesus no 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 no, no. oh actually it is I was talking with a young man in our church uh, who owns a business and uh, he was saying you know I got some problems in my business here and I'm you know we're like what's the problem he's like I just follow, I follow labor laws you know that's a problem in our, in this economy. I follow labor laws. I mean, it's amazing how many Christians I meet who just thank God. Oh Jesus, okay. I, I'm I'm gonna, let, me, let me let me say this. Let me say this. I want to say this a lot more encouraging. They're very thankful to God for blessing their business. I'm like, but you're lying about who your employees are. You're not paying their taxes. You're 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 this is illegal. This is not God. Like you've learned the ways of man's system. And so this young man is like, you know, hey, uh, you know, we cost more because we actually follow labor laws. I'm like, uh, let's say you're not taking advantage of the immigrant and the poor. I feel like God is in that. I feel like that's something God can bless. When I read the word here, it's like, oh, it can't be that guy. He's following the rules. He's not he's not cutting corners. No, actually, that guy, the guy who's actually following the rules, that's the one God is blessing and giving accounts. And I mean, that's actually the like, yes, yes, that guy. You follow Jesus. Do not believe the lies of this world that says to get ahead, you better have a king other than Jesus. Because that's what they're saying. They're saying you need a king other than Jesus. Well, Jesus says, tell the truth. But you know, we really got to. No, 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 no. Actually, I follow Jesus. No, no. I, he's actually my, my king. He's actually the only king I got. You know, money is not my king. Emotion is not my king. And for you, yes, yes, you. You are the one. Yeah, can't be them. I killed, I killed him. I killed John the Baptist, yeah. But guess what? It wasn't John the Baptist. It was the Holy Ghost of God that was working through him. And so, so uh, reel it in, Carl. Amen. So we're going now. Come on, like they're they're like the apostles are like we're doing it. We're like we're doing the thing. I'm doing the thing. I'm i It really is happening, and they're pretty excited. And 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 and, and, <laughs> and so. And so Jesus begins to. He does this. He'll do something supernatural in your life. He'll ask a question, right? He'll ask a question. You'll, you know, you think you're going great, and then he'll ask a question. And so, like they're saying, like, oh, well, you know, Jesus. You know, they're saying, you know, you're, they're saying you're Elijah, you're this, you're that, and you're you're whatever. And 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 Jesus asks him, Luke nine verse twenty. He says to, "But who do you say that I am?" And Peter says, "You are the Anointed One, the Christ, the Anointed One with the anointing. You are the Messiah." of God. Peter got it right. And in another, I believe it's in Matthew, he says, yes, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, if you're Peter, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, because Peter doesn't give him like a lot of pats on the head for getting questions right. Jesus is constantly like, y'all have no idea how to answer anything. I don't know why you keep putting your hand up in class. I don't know why you keep trying to answer questions. You never get them right. Peter's like, ah, you're you're, you're the anointed of God. Jesus is like, right. So these guys are like, This is, this is, everything is just clicking. You ever been in that season where everything is just clicking? Everybody you pray for gets healed. Every job you go to is successful. Like, you're in a, you're like in a, in in, in a good place, right? Have you been there in God? And like, everything is up and to the right. Like, everything is, like, now I have finally come to the place of reaping. I am in the place of harvest. I am living in the, I'm living in the harvest day. I'm living in the day of abundance. I am living in the jubilee, right? In, but, but, but God. <laughs> but God. And so Jesus, you know, you know, there's this twist. Jesus wants to let him know, hey, things are really good right now. But things aren't going to go, this isn't going to go down exactly the way you thought it was going to go down, Right? Jesus tells them, like, yeah, there's, um, there's, there's a twist to this. I want you to, I want you to figure out. Um, I, I, know, I know it looks like we're about to take up, take over everything. Luke 9, go there with me if you would. Jesus says this, the son of man, he's talking about himself, must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes. And they're like, well, of course they're going to reject you. You're taking over. And be killed and be raised on the third day. And he was saying to all of them, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake, he is the one who will save it. This is a really big deal. And when we look at it in the context of where we're going, it's a key moment in the life of the disciples. And let me tell you, it's a key moment in the life of this church. It's a key moment in the life of the church in America. It's a key moment in the life that you're living as a disciple of Jesus. At some point, we come to God and we say, God, you know, if you could take my sin, if you could take my shame, if you could take my failure, if you could take my rejection, if, you'll take, if you will just rec- I'll follow you, like if, if you'll take me with all that, I'll be your follower. Jesus is like, absolutely. I love you in the midst of your sin. I love you in the midst of your failure. I love you in the midst of them talking bad about you. I love you in the midst of, just just come, follow me, and in return, I will give you everlasting life. And we're like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And I'm thankful for that, aren't you? And then he gives you life. Then he gives you peace, he gives you freedom, he gives you abundance, he starts giving you authority, starts giving you um, um, your credibility, starts giving you some giftings, maybe he's put you on a stage, maybe you're running a business, and then Jesus says, okay, now, now I'm ready for you to pay for what I gave you. Are you willing to give me that? Now see, it's really important that Christians be healed on the inside and understand who they are, because if we are an offering to God, it should be a good offering. So when you come to Christ, you're not really giving a good offering. You're like, I'm kind of worthless, and if you'll take this. Like you got, it's like you're giving them the trash, right? It's like when we collect clothes for the homeless, we're like, don't, don't give us your raggedy stuff. Throw that stuff away. right? Like give socks that matter to you. right? The Bible says if, if, if a sacrifice didn't cost you anything, it's not a sacrifice. You can't steal somebody else's lamb and give it to Jesus like it's an offering. It's got to cost you something. And so when you gave him your sin, that didn't cost you anything. But when your life starts to get good, now Jesus is like, hey, oh, by the way, take up your cross, I'll get ready to die. And like, But things are just getting good. He's like, yes, that's the offering I'm looking for, the getting good. Is this making sense? It's not a message we want to hear, but it's a message you need if you're going to get to the glory of God. This is where we want to go. We want to know the glory. I don't just, I don't just want that first touch. I want to live in the secret place of God. I want to live in his glory. I want to live where his glory dwells, where his face is, where his presence is. I want to live where heaven is opened and I hear his voice and I feel his embrace where my my sin is exposed and I can live in freedom. This is where I want to live. I'm thankful for that moment that God shed that deception off of me. But I want to live in a place where there isn't a deception to shed. This is where I want to live. And this, you're going to have to go through the cross to get there. This is where most people stop their spiritual growth. Not my will, but your will be done, Jesus. He reiterates the message of their ordination. Do you remember when he called them and he sent them out into the towns and he said, hey, by the way, some people are going to reject you. And when that happens, shake the defilement off your shoes and move on. Just shake it off your feet and move on. This, was, this, was, this wasn't just for that one sending. This was for their life someone's going to come to you and say, hey, you can make a little bit more money if you just twist the numbers a little bit. You can, you can have a little bit more authority if you just go ahead and use a little manipulation in your church marketing. You can go ahead and you can, you can be a little bit more successful if you don't tell all the... No, that's defilement. And what you want to do is you want to reject that defilement. You want to die to that shortcut of success and move on to the next town because that is not the place of peace that God has for you. And every time that you've rejected the idea to enter into that pornography or you, someone gossiped about you and you didn 't gossip in return, or people hear lies about you and you say i 'm not actually going to address the lies i 'm just going to stand in truth or you get an opportunity to be angry and say something nasty back and you choose not to that's Jesus sees that God sees you shaking the dust off your feet and walking into the town of righteousness he sees that and he will reward that people think that what I have created here on earth is all that there is well I think. No, no, no. There actually is a throne of judgment we will all come to one day. And at that day, I want to hear, well done, good and faithful. Faithful means that you were good even when it was hard. That you were faithful even in the times when it would have been easier to sin. Jesus says, I see you choosing me when the whole world is saying, choose them. This is the faithfulness God is looking for. And this is what we have to do to get to his glory. We got to shake the dirt off your feet. You're called to impact people for God's kingdom. You are called. You are called to bring the kingdom into people's lives. And the greatest hindrance on your impact in this world is worrying about your haters. That is the greatest. It's not the devil. It ain't the devil. The devil's got no power over you. The devil's actually been defeated. Your your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can do nothing the rest of your life, and you're going to be sitting in heaven forever. Like, that's already settled. The devil's got nothing on you. But what he does have control over is your haters. And you have a choice on who you're going to listen to. Are you going to listen to the haters who... See, now here's the problem. Neither the devil nor your haters have heard what God has said to you. But they think they know the future. They think they know the future. The devil, I am understanding the key to anxiety is false prophecy. False prophecy says, I know the future and it's terrible. But the devil don't know the future. The future could be amazing. But it's easier to believe it's terrible. I know the future and you're going to die a terrible death. Well, actually, I'm going to heaven. So I can only have a wonderful death. That's all I got. Like That's already been decided. I get a wonderful death. Oh, oh I know the future, and it's going to be depressing. How do you know the future? How do you know? You need to ask your own self sometimes. How do you know the future? There's no way. You, you didn't predict 2020. And you think if you knew anything was coming, you'd know 2019, 2020 was coming, right? You don't know, you don't know the future. Just tell you, I don't know the future. It could wind up amazing. It could wind up the greatest ever. Like, like, like here's, here's something. Things could work out. Amen. You could actually be successful. Watch this. You could be happy. You could, you could look into the future. God could transport you into the future and see yourself happy. Happy and content and at peace. How you know that's not the future? But your haters, your haters want to come along. Oh, if you keep doing that. How do you know what's going to happen? The only thing that happens if you listen to your haters is your haters get a new follower. And why would you want to follow your haters? Why would you want to follow your haters? I made a... <clears throat> it ain't about me. It's about Jesus. We'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> Jesus, you know, you know people are talking all kind, of, all kind of nonsense about Jesus. And you don't see a single scripture where you say, hey, what, what bad things are they saying about me? You don't see it once. Hey, I wonder what the I wonder what the devil's saying about me. Like he, he the very first thing Jesus did was settle that. Like I, he's like devil. I need you to know right now. I don't care what you say. Like your words have no authority in my life at all, at all. Sometimes you need to tell some people. Oh Jesus, I'm, it's going to have to give me an extra ten minutes today. Sometimes I'm going to help you out. You got to learn to tell some people. Listen. I don't care what anybody said about me who's not talking to me right now. Look, well, I heard... I do not care what gossip has been said about me. If they don't come and say it to my face, I do not care about it. These are not somebody whose opinions matter to me. You all can gossip and come up with your own opinions and act like you know something because you've been gossiping so long. But if you ain't man enough to come and say it to me... It ain't nothing but the work of the devil, the Bible says. This is a fruit of the devil. This is, this is what gossip is. Where do, where do various rancors and trials and contentions come from? They come from gossip. They come from slander. They come from people who think that they're better than you. And then you give that authority in your life? How stupid can you be and still breathe, right? Like, why would you let that have authority in your life? Why? Like, There's a bunch of people who want you to die. Oh, let me listen to them. Now, why? Why would you listen to that? Why would you not listen to the word of the Father over your life, that you are well-loved, that you're pleasing to God, that you're created in His image, that He has a future and a hope for you, that you are the anointed of God, that where you go, the kingdom of God goes. The words that you speak are heard by the Father, that He has invested His love inside of you, that you are not going to fail, but you are going to succeed, that you will not die, but you will live and declare the glory of God. That's what the word of God says about you. Why would you invest your heart and your mind in people who are out for your destruction? It'll make no kind of sense. Right? It'll make no kind of sense. Now, the first time or two, you might want to say, I love you. I'm not interested in what people are gossiping about me. The second time, you might want to say, "Mm, why do people feel comfortable gossiping with you about me? The third time, you want to say, I'm praying for your salvation. That's what you say the third time. I I, I now have to treat you as an unbeliever, and I'm trying to win you to the Lord. We'll start with this. Meditate on good things. Don't enter into gossip. Don't slander people. If you got an offense, the Bible says, go to them. And they ain't come to me. So stop entering into their gossip. Come on. You want to enter the kingdom of God, you're going to have to pick up your cross and tell some people some truth and stop tiptoeing around and acting like you can live in two worlds because you can't. Hallelujah. Well, um, that's, that's, I feel like that's a good word right there. <clears throat> your faith has to be in Christ. Your faith cannot be in getting your haters to like you. Your faith has to be in Christ. <clears throat> and so Jesus tells them, hey, if you want to be my servant, get ready to die. Get ready to die. That's. I mean, there's there's... There's no way around it. Get, 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 get ready to die. Oh, Jesus. All right, we got we to we we rush here because, okay, here we go. Luke chapter 9, verse 28. So about a week after that, they went up on the mountain to pray. Luke 9, 29. And while he was praying, the appearance of Jesus' face became different. And his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were, st- were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah, who, appearing in glory, were speaking of his departure. Departure there, I want you to, if you study in the Greek, departure is not a great word. The, 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 the word there is exodus. It's, it's the same word uh, in, from the Aramaic uh, of Exodus, of the Bible, in, excuse me, the Septuagint. Um, it's the same word used as Exodus. And so what he really says there, the, the time of his deliverance, deliverance meaning I am going to deliver my people. Not Jesus going away, Jesus delivering his people. Okay, that is a bit huge difference, right? It's, like, it, it's akin to Moses leaving Egypt. It wasn't just, he didn't just exit. For Pharaoh, he exited. But if you're a Jew, it was the, the, the deliverance, right? And behold, two men, excuse me, verse 29. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him. And they were Moses and Elijah who, appearing in glory, were speaking of his exodus, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep. But when they were fully awake, they saw his glory. They saw the glory of two men standing with him. And as these were leaving him, Peter said to, Master, said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Now, a lot of times we focus on what comes after, but I want to stop right there. Master, it's good for us to be here. To that, I would say amen. That is a good place to be, here. There's something interesting in, in how uh, in this story goes. Number one, I want to let you know that this is where God wants you to be. He wants you to be in the place of revelation. He wants you to be the place where you see Jesus, watch this, not as your homeboy. You got to get to the place where Jesus is shining as God. You want to see him as your deliverer. Now, I like homeboy Jesus who is just there, wants to chill out with me and live life with me. That's cool and all, but I got friends, right? I need a Messiah. And when Jesus is there as your deliverer, as your Messiah, as the one who anoints you with the Holy Ghost and power, the one who is before the Father interceding for you, that is the place you want to get to. Now, maybe you met him, and he delivered you, and ever since then, he's been homeboy. He wants to get you to the place that he's Messiah, shining, glowing, being different. Amen. The language that Luke uses here is important. It says his face was shining, but it doesn't say that he was actually transfigured. In the way Luke speaks it, it says his clothes changed. Now, anytime Luke talks about clothing in the scripture, it is significant. And in this one, the clothing began to change. His, his clothes began to become royal. It begins to speak of like that the, the Esther had these royal clothes or Joseph have had this coat put upon him. This was in Luke's eyes, Jesus, God, the Father, showing the disciples that Jesus is not just a rabbi. He has been clothed with something greater than that. And up in this secret place is where you begin to encounter the authority of God. You begin to you get to encounter His majesty. You get to encounter His power. This is when you get to see things clearly. You had Elijah. You had Moses. But they are nothing compared to who Jesus is. And the Father begins to speak over Him. And they need these disciples who are going to take over soon. He needs them to see that you are not the Messiah Jesus is. He is the one you're going to be pointing people to. He is the one who's going to change lives. He is the one who's going to transform the world. See, you only get access to this place when you submit to the discipleship process of Jesus. That's the only way you get to this place. You, gotta, you, gotta, you might get touched by him. You get delivered. You get saved. But you're going to have to do some works. You might have to get rejected by some people. You have to take up your cross. And after that, then maybe you can begin to climb the hill of glory and see him in the holy place. See, when he calls you, you have to turn from every other thing and let Jesus clothe you the way he wants to clothe you for the this world. Again, in verse 29, while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different. His clothing became white and gleaming. Hallelujah. Here was the Messiah being revealed to them. See, God wants to change what you are wearing in this world. He wants to change what you're wearing in this world. Paul said it this way in Romans. He said, let us behave properly as in the day, not as carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. In Revelation, I love how it says it in Revelation. Put this up. Revelation 19, 7, he says, let us rejoice and be glad and give the glory to him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. Watch this, verse 8. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Today is All Saints Day. According to the liturgical calendar, uh, today is the the Sunday. Tomorrow is actually All Saints Day. Today would be the Sunday, All Saints Sunday, that we celebrate all the martyrs who have died for Christ before us. And I pray that none of you are martyred for Jesus. uh, But this is the day that we celebrate that. And these are these saints. This is what's happening in heaven right now. They're clothed with this fine linen that shines like glory because they've been awarded this. And this is what Christ has called us to wear in this world. We die with Christ so we can be resurrected in his glory. I'm almost done. Can you come on up here and play a little bit for me? Paul said it this way to his son Timothy in 2 Timothy 2. He says it's trustworthy statement for if we died with him we will also live with him if we endure we will also reign with him if we deny him he also will deny us now I love outreach we all should be doing outreach we all should be doing the work of the evangelist but the goal of the believer is the secret place where God's glory is revealed this is the high call the high call is not just a prayer but what we need to pray that prayer to enter into the process we need to get people on that road we need to get the holy ghost working in their lives we need to get them in the church where they can begin to get discipled to enter into the glory of God. But the enemy, the enemy wants to rob you of that authority. The enemy wants to whisper in your ear, is this really working for you? Can we be honest? The enemy wants to say, is it really working for you? Look at you, you don't, you don't have all the money. Look at you, you're, you're, you're still single. Look at you, you don't have the business. Look at you, you're... Yeah, you don't have the things of the world. That was never the goal. You have the peace of God. You have the, you've been clothed with righteousness. You have a promise from the Holy One. You have a home being built in heaven. You have the saints the cloud of witness. You have access to the Holy of Holy. You have the Word of God. You have the Spirit of God. You have the blood of the Lamb. You have authority over the works of the enemy. And yet the devil wants you to complain because you don't have a couple more dollars in the bank. Friend, you don't need money. You need God's favor. And if you're in Christ Jesus, you have it. You're going to buy houses and be like, how did I buy a house? How did I buy a house? How did that even happen? Can anybody say amen? amen. you going know, to be like, i am just been broke. How, how, do, how, do how did I get college? How did this even happen? How am I on the dean's list? How, did this, how, how am I owning a business? Like, I didn't have the money for a business. I didn't have the business plan. I didn't have the, you know, God. Favor. Favor. Faithful. God is faithful. The world thinks that you need money to do stuff. But I I know the God who who, who got this world in a box. This world says, okay, here's the system and money's this category. God's like, I got this whole thing in my category. I'm running this thing. You got your own system worked out, but glad that works for y'all. I got my system. And it works off a favor. James said, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing, knowing that the trying of your faith produces patience. And that's why the psalmist said, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord because he is a good God. If you don't wait on the Lord, you get all anxious and start doing things your own way and going back to the world system. It all points back to, is Christ enough? Near the end of his life, Paul says in Galatians, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul Paul got it. I want us to get it. See, see, there there, there, there is a level of faith I want us to be operating in. And I'm just going to be honest, and, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to twist your motive. I don't want to pervert your motive, but my God, God's going to raise up some Holy Ghost millionaires who are like, this is not my God at all. This, I don't, th- like, like, you won't see it on Instagram. You're not going to be fanning hundreds. like, Because <laughs> that's not a system you're, you're living for. Manile boy, No. not the system you're living for. When you're living for God's system, what is money? What is... But God's going to raise up like, like... I've seen it time and again. I've not seen a lot of people manage it well, but I've seen it time and again. But I believe that we're going to live by faith in this place. We're going to see miracles. I want you to put your faith in Christ. Remember, Luke nine thirty three, And as these were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Christ has to be enough for you. Next Sunday, we're going to have service. We're going to have intercession. And the glory of God is going to be here. He shows up every Sunday night. As we're coming into 2022, I want to begin challenging the people of our church. Let's, 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 start, looking at, let's start looking at how we're prioritizing our life. Is Christ the center or have we been sold some sort of American dream that now dictates how we live our lives? Be a good parent. But good parents teach their kids how to follow Jesus because they're following Jesus. Christ has to be enough for you. And I'm going to tell you right now one more time, stand with me if you would. If you put your faith in Christ, He'll free you from the oppression of this world. He will free you from the oppression of this world. Father in the name of Jesus. Got that stupid stonk stuck in my head now. Boy. I should get wicks, huh? Father in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. just pray in the spirit for a second father in the name of jesus i pray for every. oh yeah 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 there we go there we go right there if you'd do me a favor every head bow every eye closed and i just feel like there's someone in here today i feel there's probably a couple but just nobody please nobody look around whether you're the sound man or you're playing the keyboard nobody look around this we, me you and the holy ghost like it's like god has been wooing you back wooing you back like come on i gotta be first like he's wooing you back. Be faithful in prayer. Be faithful in trusting me. Be faithful in your finances. Be faithful with your words. Be faithful with your time. Be faithful with your friendships. Hmm. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name you're like I just just keep your everybody head bow eye closed is that's you man I don't this isn't condemnation It only will matter if you actually decide to walk this out but if that's you put your hand up and down I wanna know who I'm praying for. Yep, 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 I see, yep, I see you can put it down. I see, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You say, I'm gonna put my faith in Jesus today. I'm gonna put my faith in Jesus today. I'm gonna put my faith in Jesus today. And he's gonna deliver you from the systems of this world, either by cross or deliverance, but he's gonna deliver you from the systems of this world. You look at me, let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus, you're enough for me. I put my faith in you. Thank you for dying on a cross and coming back. I renounce the works of Satan, I renounce the plans of this world. And today, I am becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I will follow you. I will carry my cross. I will share your message. And I'll trust you for my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, uh-huh. Amen. Come on, give a clap offering to God if you would. <laughs> Keep playing. Do you mind if somebody prays for you? Do you mind if somebody prays for you? Chelsea, can you pray for her? Now listen, if you feel like you need some freedom today, I want to invite you to the front. We love you. Uh, we will be here. Oh, get some, I bet there's candy. If you didn't get candy, just wait around, you know, in the hallway. To, I bet they got candy and revival kids to hook people up with. But if you need someone to lay hands on you, you want, to give, uh, you want prayer, you want to give your life to Christ, Just you can come to the front and we're going to pray for you. And um, if you can play some little something back there off, my, off that soaking prayer list, that would be good too. We love you. Give somebody a hug before you go. I want to thank everybody who serves here on Sunday morning. I I thank you that we couldn't do this without you. Bless you all online. And just have an amazing day. Amen? Amen? Amen. I will see you next week.